0: Before we get into today's episode of One Shining Podcast, want to shout out RingerWise, guys, on FanDuel TV. If you're not watching it, it airs on Sunday mornings. It's our guy, Cousin Sal, who's also on Through the Ringer on Tuesday mornings with me. And he's also there with JJ, Joe House, and Raheem. Those four guys are having a great time. They're making a fun show. And if you want to get primed and ready for all things, props and, you know, all the betting lines and all the all, all the stuff that you need to know for, for NFL football, those are the four guys to go to. Again, the show is Ringer Wise, guys. It's on FanDuel TV. If you can't watch it on FanDuel TV, you can watch it on the Ringer TV feed on Spotify. Go do that now. It's One Shining Podcast presented by FanDuel. The second half of the NBA season is here and you can bet on the action with an assist from FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now you can check out the new and improved Parlay Hub, filter by odds, sport and bet type to easily find the most popular parlays and same game parlays all on one page. Plus start betting on the Explore page and the Pulse and bet live same game parlays for every NBA game. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, the official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gambling. Please visit theringer.com slash rg to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 or older in present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit theringer.com slash RG.
1: This episode is brought to you by Kia's first three-row all-electric SUV, the Kia EV9. With available all-wheel drive that sets the pace and seating for up to seven adults with zero to 60 speed that throws you one moment and available lounge seats that unwind you the next. Visit kia.com slash EV9 to learn more. Ask your kid dealer for availability, no system, no matter how advanced, can compensate for all driver error and or driving conditions. Always drive safely.
0: On today's episode of One Shining Podcast, we are going to make a list of our favorite old guys in college basketball. I was very excited about this list because I love age, I love wisdom, I respect my elders. That's what you're supposed to do. And myself and Kyle Mann, he took on the coaches, I took on the players. And in case you missed it, folks, There's a lot of guys that are over the age of 22 that play college basketball right now. And uh, as you've noticed over the years, there's a lot of coaches over the age of 50 that are still coaching the game of basketball. So we're going to break it down. I'm going to do my top five players. Kyle's going to do his top five coaches. We're going to merge them together and we're going to make an old geezer list, an OSP old geezer list. And then we're also going to do some shout outs, talk about, you know, some of the hottest topics in the world of college basketball, including Nolan Smith telling the Louisville media he never was going to go anywhere else. That was all made up. It was all baloney. So we're going to have some fun with that. Um, Kyle, are you OK? I, I I know things aren't great right now on Patriot Land. Are you all right? I, do, I don't want to throw you into that whole conversation again, but I just want to check on you. Well, storing my
2: Pats jerseys for next season because I'm feeling like Belichick in that Chick-fil-A. But first, Woody Durham. He takes the time out
0: Welcome back to One Shining Podcast. I'm your host, Tate Frazier, and guess what day it is, folks? That's right, it's Monday, and he's here for another Manic Monday. He is Kyle Mann. Kyle Man, it is great to see you. And if you can't tell, I'm a little under the weather right now, um, but how are you doing? I'm doing fine. I'm more curious <laughs> about what's going on with you,
3: Tate. I gave you a bunch of shit over the weekend just teasing mm-hmm. you because, you know, Tate is jet-setting yet again, and I was like, you know, Kyle and I are really blue-collar, you know, working class. You're traveling so much, you know, I don't know exactly what your situation is with your dating thing, but I just was curious, like, are you, are you like getting in with like the family of an heiress? Like how, what's going on with this? Like, it's just kind of, I feel like you joined the Roy family or something. It's like, he's just constantly on the move. Have you been home in like five months?
0: I'm actually in the middle of a move. So I, I am actually building a new home right now. And, uh, while doing that, the dust Uh, from all this, I think the dust is the culprit that started this whole train of me being sick. I I thought it was allergies. Um, you know, I was trying to clear it out. I moved all last week, this week it was, it's been on the books for a year. My whole family came out to Disneyland because, you know, on the East coast, you're Disney World people, you know. You fly two hours, you go to Disney World. Disney World has everything. Uh, everybody loves it. Yada yada yada. But what you hear when you come to the West Coast is the propaganda of, yeah, you've been to Disney World, but you got to go to the original. You got to go to the place where Walt Disney made Mister Toad's Adventure. And you got to go to the place where Walt Disney lived above Pirates of the Caribbean in his little apartment. Right? You got to go for the magic. So. My parents, my brother, my nieces, sister, in law, everybody, they bought into that hype and they came out to Anaheim. They wanted to see Disneyland. So I drove down here. Luckily, didn't have to get on a plane because I'm over that. Um, But as you can tell, the dust, um, the travel, all of it's catching up to me right now, Kyle, man. And uh, I don't like it because I'm very excited to talk about college basketball and my voice is not not projecting that reality. You know, it sounds like I'm worn down. Sounds like I'm run down. I wish I had an heiress um, family to to send me to a top flight doctor to take care of this. But unfortunately, I'm still just a man from Henderson, North Carolina, and I don't have all that. So, uh, you know, th- to answer your, your question simply, I'll say this. Um, I'm ready to be home. I'm ready to stay at home and I'm ready to be a homebody because that's where I belong. That's where I want to be. You need to heal up. You need to rest <laughs> up and get right.
3: Um, I need yeah, some R&R. The dust, the dust gets me too. you know, oh, it's like any time I, I there's a few like like dandery kind of dogs and cats. If I walk in or a dusty like an old person's mm-hmm. house, I immediately I'm like, this is trouble. This mm-hmm. is bad. So I can I sympathize. Um, You know, sickness has kind of hit our house, too. You know, the mm-hmm. wife went to Vegas for a work trip. Came she was I was doing the solo parent thing. Love spending time with the Juju, the Julian. She comes back and immediately has COVID and is like quarantined in our basement for, you oh, know, man. it's been like 10 days of me and the Julian and, uh, you know, love <laughs> him to death, but you need balance in life. So I can give him my best effort as, as a dad, uh, <laughs> a lot of Moana. I'm kind of going crazy. Right. If I hear shiny again, I'm going to jump off a fucking cliff. Um, but. You know these. You don't wish any time away with your little guy, so that's kind of that's the attitude. But yeah, I'm ready for college basketball too. Ready, ready. I'm I'm antsy. Like I sat and watched. <laughs> I was like live tweeting NBA preseason yesterday while people were watching the NFL, and I definitely found I felt like the guy on the street corner, you know, like preaching his his truth and his his you know gospel, and everybody else was just like, "Shut up, loser! I don't want to hear mm. about." Andre Jackson's connective passing, you know, the the Patriots are playing, much to Kyle's dismay.
0: Yeah, we'll talk about that a little bit later during shout outs. I want Kyle to, you know, I know he got thrown uh, right in front of the bus on Bill Simmons podcast where Bill's just like, tell us about how you feel about Mac Jones. So we'll we'll save that for later um, in this in this episode. Um, but right now you mentioned dust. I talked about dust. And in, you know, the, the, the theme of dust, we're going to talk about some old dusty players and coaches in college basketball. These are the geezers that we love the OSP geezers. Um, and I have a quote for you, Kyle, man, this is very Michael Lombardi of me, Um, from the Roman philosopher Cicero. He said, quote, for there is assuredly nothing dearer to a man than wisdom. And though age takes away all else, it undoubtedly brings us that. So we do have some wise players, some wise coaches, and we're going to talk about our top five geezers today. So that is the prompt. That's going to be fun. Um, maybe Maybe. me having dust in my system is going to get us there. That'll be good.
3: And do you, well, I mean, did you think that I was going to like, let this go by without me pointing out that you don't know how to spell geezers or would you, or was it, was it an autocorrect thing? Are you going to it, was an it autocorrect. off on your front? Okay.
0: As I was driving down to Anaheim for my beautiful Disneyland trip that I was so excited about, I mean, just so fired up about, it, I, I was like, I need to tell Cowman man, so I don't ambush him on Monday with uh, a conversation about old guys in college basketball. And I said, all right, geezers, send it. And then my phone said geysers. Um. And then you hit me back with what? And I was like, <laughs> and then and then I didn't even see the autocorrect. And then I hit you back with a, yes. geyser is a term used for old people. Sure. Um, and you were yeah, like, I, yes, I was. Yeah. I thought you were going yes, with I do some know sort that. of
3: <laughs> <laughs> some assumed metaphor, like, oh, these teams are like waiting to explode and shoot right. into the air or something, which that sends the mind a lot of places. But yeah, like, uh, yes, yeah, so I'm 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 relieved that we're talking about geysers. This is um. This is a funny topic. Like it's it's like I feel like age is less common in the coaching ranks. It's way more the turnover, the coaching carousel always kind of gets rolling for reasons that you'll hear head coaches in, in the coaching world talk about as just idiotic that like. Uh, the turnover and things like that can be just driven purely by like, hey, I saw you on TV, and people who deserve a chance don't necessarily get a chance. It's mm-hmm. a cruel world. But then on the other side, the player side, which we're going to talk a little bit about both, It's we're in an interesting time where, you're right, I mean, there's a lot of wisdom. And, and honestly, but in this range between an 18-year-old and all the way up to some of the ages we're going to talk about, which seem truly unbelievable. There's a big physical difference between some of these, you know. I, I just feel like age is very important in college basketball in a way that it wasn't. The way we argued about it, I feel like the last 10 years where we were like, these young kids can't win a title. And then K goes and wins the title with the kids. Mm-hmm. Cal won a title with the kids. We're just in a sort of interesting period with the transfer portal and with the COVID year stuff, which is going to linger a little
0: bit longer where we just have a lot of these old guys around in the game. Yeah, it's a new thing about old people. You know what I mean? Like it, the, being old is the new thing, which is uh, which is very wild to think about. And somehow or another, every one of these players feels like there's new waivers that come in every single year and uh, some other reason why they were able to add an extra year of eligibility. I've always, you know, kind of wondered about um, the ability to play at an older level, say you're a 31 year old, you didn't play college basketball, you hit a growth spurt and you say, I got four years of eligibility, let's run it up. And I mean, I looked up, I mean, there, there's been kickers that have played college football at the age of 61. There was a running back at 55. Um, there have been examples in NCAA sports where you know more, more D2, D3 than D1. But in in reality, old people have stepped into the game before. They've been the men in the arena and they've made things happen. So um, it is, like I said, it's a new thing in college basketball where you look at guy's age up and you say, oh my God, he's 24 and he's got two years of eligibility left. What the hell is going on here? And we'll talk about all that uh, today. We got top five each. Um, You went more coaches. I went more players. So I'm going to start with my number five guy who is a player. And you may not know the name, but he has played at South Florida. He's played at Seton Hall. And he just recently transferred to Fairfield. He's 25 years old. And his name is Alexis Yetna. And uh, he actually got knee surgery. Has not played college basketball since March 2022 Um, but he is 25 years old he's going to play at Fairfield he got recruited by Chris Beard at Ole Miss he kind of you know did the full tour the transfer portal tour now where you get re-recruited and at 25 years old and the fact that he was in the news cycle the fact that we have to know about guys that are you know, in in an old time, they'd be three years out of college basketball and probably working at you know an insurance you know company at this point. But instead, he's going to play for Fairfield. Do you know anything about Alexis Yetna, um, Kyle? Man, do you remember watching him play at Seton Hall? I mean, I I know this is a name a little bit off the beaten path, but when I see twenty five years old, I got to put him on the geezer list. Yeah, he belongs on
3: there. He's, you know, as I always say, he's old enough to rent a car at this point. So he's, he's a big (laughs) adult. He can go out on the road trips and, and go out and kind of be careful about who he takes out with him. That kind of thing. Like it's, it's interesting on a college team to have somebody with this sort of like moving into this phase of life. Uh, he's got to, you know, probably should start thinking about his 401k and things like that. Um, he's mostly a support sort of a spacer you know that's us ca- he's not somebody that's going to necessarily stir the drink for seton hall like he's just the guy who has aged into being like a stretch you know a stretch big he's going to be spacing the floor for them
0: um uh, yeah, he can shoot threes he can make some corner threes for you. you know he had some big moments there at seton hall so there you go i mean we've seen him do it before
3: yeah yeah i mean th- that's it's a pretty simple pitch for, for what he does for your team. But, I mean, in this era, if, you, if you're if you going out there and you're like, we need to check this box. We have, you know, maybe we have a bunch of handlers. We have guys that can get downhill. He's really, you know, that that prototype of player is a really valuable just kind of primary color to sort of paint on your canvas. And it's like we saw how big of a difference that can make. I know I always try to speak Carolina to you, but, I mean, I feel like a stretch big, not single-handedly, but it had an enormous impact Uh, on that huge run that you guys had a couple of years ago.
0: Yeah, Brady Manick, my guy. He's the best. Um, Love him. And I wish Brady Manick was still playing college basketball. I wish I could put him on this old geezer list and watch him play. Um, Let's go. So we got one player down, Alexis Yetna, check, old geezer. Let's go to you. You got a coach for us that would be on your list as an old geezer.
3: Yeah, I was talking about, like, the the, the young, the old thing. You know, it's really harder. It's way harder to stick around in college basketball right now just because, um, you know, the, the the age. There's there's just a, a thing where there's a lot of turnover at some of these less established schools. Uh, Fifty-eight college coaches are in new jobs in 2023, Some of them are familiar names. I mean, like, we've had, you know, you mentioned Chris Beard is back at Ole Miss. Uh, you know, we've got Mark Madsen as a guy. I was going to ask yeah. you. Yeah. If, you know, the mad dog. Um, if there's anybody that like you feel like could end up on one of these lists, like he could end up like a becoming a tenured guy at a school. Is there somebody among like the younger crowd that you could see like having like a long, long run at a school? Or is it to the point where that's just a, a bygone era now where where it's just turnovers, the name of the game? We're not going to see any more Jim Beheimes or Coach K's. It's sort of that argument. Is Is that era over or we what's going on?
0: It does feel like some of the young coaches are like the the crop of young coaches, like the West Miller coach, you know, that that age of like 40s, they're all trying to climb the ladder. Right. You go here and then you're trying to go there. You're trying to get to a blue blood. So like they're all kind of playing that same game. So it's a little bit different. But maybe like Mark Pope at BYU. I know that uh, he's a guy that Kentucky fans at one point were intrigued with at BYU, but maybe he's kind of stayed off the beaten path. I really like him. I like the way that he coaches. Um, he seems happy there, at least, you know, from what I gathered when I saw him at the my invitational, he loves BYU. Um, I thought that he would have some other opportunities or want to pursue some other opportunities, but every single time the carousel comes around, it seems like his name is either not mentioned, um, or just like purposely removed from the conversation because he's happy at BYU. So maybe him, um, uh, but there aren't really, uh, you know, tried and true examples, even Mark Madsen at California. Stanford people were, were irate about this because he played at Stanford. Um, they had Jared Hass. They've been trying to show him the door for, you know, a couple years. If you talk to Stanford people, right? And they were saying, why not now? Why not get him out the door and bring in a guy who is an alum, who understands Stanford basketball? So I think, you know, just a cow, and who knows what cow wants to do with that program, but Mark Madsen's a guy I think that will end up jumping that ladder uh, and climbing it and, and having a great uh, career as a coach because I think he's a really bright guy in general. And, you know, Stanford I think they really missed the boat on that one so who knows maybe if Jared has you know the Stoyakovich thing this year that was part of the reason they kept him um, at Stanford to keep that class together but if it doesn't work out and they get rid of him they they might call Mark Madsen you know right right down the street at Berkeley so uh that that could be a whole nother conversation but I like that I I don't think that I think it's a bygone era is probably the simple answer I think it's gone
3: yeah yeah it seems like at that the blue blood era it's like you know it's sort of a five to 10 is kind of the window, you know, unless you just are an epic train wreck. Like, you know, UK had the Gillespie era, uh, Carolina brought in a Carolina guy with Daugherty and uh, Daugherty only lasted like four years, didn't he? I think he went yeah, from like right. 2000 to 04 or something like that, mm-hmm. uh, brought in that Felton class. Um, yeah, it, it just it most likely, I, I, I think that that era is over if you look at and it's interesting for some of these schools that go through and they, they bring in, there, there are a few people bringing, bringing in like guys in the family, like Damon Stoudemire coming back at Georgia Tech uh, is an interesting one, which I, I feel like that could work. Like I, Me I too. have a strange kind of quiet confidence about that uh, that I haven't had the opportunity, I guess, to express until now. That's why it's been quiet. But I, I feel like. You know, he had a lot, got a lot of really good experience being in that like Brad Stevens coaching world. Not that he necessarily was directly under him, but coaching under Eme and things like that. I feel like that could be a good one. You know, an interesting one that I I didn't realize had happened was Antoine Petway. He didn't play at Kennesaw State, but you remember him from Alabama. Mm-hmm. Is that one that's reaching back too far for you, Tate? Do you remember him at all? No, I remember him. Yeah, yeah. Wait, wait was he a Gottfried guy? Yeah, he was Maybe, a guy for yeah, it, that's uh, right. Yeah, yeah, walked on and ended up starting. But uh, uh, and then you got uh, you know, obviously Kevin Johnson is an interesting name resurfacing coming up at Southern, and then Tony Skin, the guy that led Georgia George Mason under Larinaga to the to uh, to that Final Four. But uh, talking about, I mean, I just want to start with this guy. I think just needs a shout out in general. Um he has been at 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 Oakland for 38 years, literally as long as I've been alive. He got this job when he was 28 years old and that's Greg Campy. Um mm. yeah, I I found a newspaper clipping uh, uh he said I told my wife 3 years ago this is him back in like 19, you know, 85 whenever it was. Uh told my wife 3 years ago that my goal was to be a head coach by the age of 30. Now my goal is to still be a head coach at the age of 30. So, you know, 2 years from his prediction there. He's kept that job. They haven't had like crazy. He, I think, is an example of somebody. I don't think this is ever going to happen again. I'm, I'm assuming the administration just like really, really loves Greg Campy because you, if you look at his track record, Oakland has popped up here and there. You know, they've had some years where they've had some talent. They had Jamal Kane last year. Um, you know, probably an NBA talent. Um, he, I just don't feel like you're going to see that again. Like, I feel like you're probably going to. I don't know. That kind of tenure is just really, really unusual, especially. But if it were going to happen, I feel like it would probably be at a school
0: like that, not a blue
3: blood. But Greg Campy is my first guy on, on the list.
0: I love that pick, uh, Greg. Greg Campy is one of those guys that you know you you almost have to like you know re reconfigure your brain when you're like oh my god that's right Greg Campy is still at Oakland he's still in Auburn Hills he's still coaching these you know kind of scrappy teams uh, he's from Defiance Ohio um, which he's a very defiant man himself he, he's got a fire he lights a fire so um, you know I, I he's one he's like a character in college basketball that uh, we need the summit the Summit League uh, is is happy to have him every single year but I like that pick. I I didn't know where you want to start with this. I thought it could be like a Lorenzo, Lorenzo Romar was the name that I had on the board that might be right there. Um, but Greg can't be great pick. Love to see it. Shout out Ro- to him. He's officially Romar an OSB. Romar could be any he's, age. Like, right. Romar
3: could be any He's a lot like another guy on this list. We'll talk. I like You could tell me Romar was 55, and I'd be like, oh, yeah, probably. And you'd be like, oh, he's 75. I have no idea how old Lorenzo Romar is. So yeah, yeah,
0: Leonard Hamilton, one of those guys as well. But we'll see We'll see if we can get it in that conversation. But I like that pick. Uh, number four for me in my top five geezers. Again, I got players. Kyle Mann's got coaches. This player wears his age as his jersey, and he did it at Towson. Nick Timberlake, he just transferred to Kansas. He was one of the top transfer portal targets for all these blue bloods during the offseason. Like I said, he wore number 25 at Towson. He is actually 25 years old. Um, He's got great game. I I love watching him play. He really blossomed this past year, Um, but I never thought I mean—I would be listing this many guys that are over the age of 24 years old. that are going to be big time contributors, especially at a school like Kansas. I mean, Nick Timberlake is supposed to be a guy that is going to be relied on on this Kansas team that many have as preseason number one so the fact that you have a 25 year old you have that wisdom you have that age you have someone who's kind of been in the trenches for quite some time literally um and right now i think nick timberlake is going to be a guy that uh when we point you know in march as as one of the the glue guys the x factors whatever you want to call him nick timberlake is going to be a name that comes up so uh 25 years old cop man can you believe that doesn't doesn't that seem surreal
3: yeah it it is surreal i mean it If you're looking at like building a team, it seems like there is kind of a common denominator here of like if you recruit kind of like high level talent that maybe needs some room, if if you're expecting some sloppiness within some of those guys. I know like Kentucky is a good example of just witnessing this, that like they bring in Trey Mitchell, who's a great spacer. Um, it, they brought in Antonio Reeves, who's an older guy, as, as a spacer. This seems like a, a sort of a model that could work. If you start to look at, I, I talked with like Vicini around whenever the, all this stuff started to shift. And one of the first things he said to me was uh, astutely, I think this is a great observation that like college basketball is going to become uh, a, development or, a, a developmental sort of like trickle down thing where, you know, the high majors are going to start poaching. And I think there's probably, I could probably go and research this if, if I had some time that uh, this is a common pattern of of something that's going to continue to happen and like um Chamberlake is a guy who you know shot you know almost 42% from 3 last year he had stretches where he got up over that and at a high volume you know it's sort mm-hmm. of that Mi- Miami Heat you know blueprint of like okay if we're going to plug and play we're going to get guys who can put them up and can put them up efficiently um but yeah he's 6-4 he's going to be kind of like a combo off guard kind of guy um, but that's that's a valuable ad. If you're if you're a team that has high major athleticism, come in and get a guy that you have to respect. It's a foolproof kind of plan and older guy. So I assume he's going to bring some consistency
0: with him for that reason. And I do feel like all of my player geezers, they're all going to they should probably be called cup of coffee all stars in the NBA. Like these are all guys <laughs> that'll get a cup of coffee in the league. They'll at least be able to play in summer league. They'll at least be able to, um, you know, get that picture where they have the jersey on and, and, and hang that up in their office in the future. But Nick Timberlake is a guy, like you said, I mean, a team like the Miami Heat might actually buy into him. He will he'll be 25 going on 26 when he's when he's uh, you know out of college next year. But maybe they say, hey, we don't care. We'll bring him into our building and we'll try to get three or four years and, and squeeze it out of him. And then we'll move on from there. So Nick Timberlake, who knows? He could be in the NBA next year for all we know. What's the, what what would be the logo
3: for the cup? I love the cup of coffee all-star. I feel like it need to be like the little New York. Kyle probably has seen this and drank from this. It's that little cup, the little paper cup Mm -hmm. with like the Greek kind of like stat, like the, the column thing. What is that, Kyle? Is that just, is that the standard cup in just like the upper Northeast? What's, what, am I imagining this? You know what I'm talking about? There's only three kinds of cups, really, that I think involved in that industry. It's the Greek kind.
2: There's like, the a, a, a beige tan kind with the coffee beans on it and, and like another one. But yeah, there's only like three kinds anyone would use. There's only and, three
3: kinds of cups. I like that. I love that just sort of like that's right. it. You know, I bet the coffee probably is bad, but I just feel like the ritual of that is something that I could really get into. I love that. If we flesh out the cup of coffee, All Stars Tate, I think that the the graphic needs to have that cup on it. That's my
0: and maybe we have the three cups, and then we we identify the three cups as different kind of tiers of cup of coffee all stars. You know what I mean? Like their timelines, and then we can match them up accordingly. We'll have fun with that. But yeah, Nick yeah,
3: you know that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, right. You
0: know, we could go on up, just sort of the it's the Winnie the Pooh like uh, with the tux on. We'll just kind of level it up as we go. I like that. I, I love like it. That. I love it. Uh, Nick Timberlake, cup of coffee all star. There you go. Uh, who do you have next on your board? Come in.
3: Uh next on my board is this is this, you kind of need to be following college basketball a little bit to know this name but Cliff Ellis uh Cliff Ellis is coaching at Coastal Carolina I believe if yeah. I'm not mistaken. Uh he he's 77 years old. Um he has been around folks. He's been around for a while. I think he's you know he's most known uh he's most known for his era at Auburn which I feel like was one of the must see TV college basketball teams of like the last 25 years. Uh you think about like you know, I think Chris Porter was on the cover of uh, of Sports Illustrated. Th- those were some crazy fun teams: Mamadou Njai, Damian Fishback. Um, those, you know, athletic teams that that were really fun to watch. But Cliff Ellis, uh, hanging in there, he's still around. Um, you know, it's funny to compare him with the way he looks and the way Leonard Hamilton looks. He was only two years. I know we're just over and over again praising how good Leonard, Ham- like Leonard Hamilton, looks. Uh, but Cliff Ellis is my next one. He's he's sort of a a guy who needs, I think he's pretty high up on the all time wins
0: list too, just by, by measure of longevity, but yeah, I think he's like top 10 uh, in all time wins. And also he's like one of the few coaches that has won the ACC regular season in basketball and won the SEC regular season in basketball, um, which is, you know, he was at Clemson before, and then he went to Auburn, like you said. So he's, He's been around forever. And Coastal Carolina, I mean, spoiler alert, we're going to talk about them when we do our little preview stuff. But, I mean, they're they're a team to watch out for this year. And uh, it does feel like it might be like a curtain call. And he's been at Coastal. I'm looking it up right now. He's been at Coastal since 2007, um, which is a long time when you talk about college coaches today.
3: Have you been to that uh, campus before? Have you been to the coastal campus? That seems like something. Oh yeah, what's it? It seems like it would be really nice. Like I don't know what it. Like every everything I've ever seen from it, I don't know. It just looks like one of those little like Pepperdine kind of gems, like G E M gem. gem. Oh.
0: Yeah. Right, well if you watch Eastbound and Down, um when they were in Myrtle Beach, season 3, when they come back, uh when you know Kenny's hanging out with the college girls, they're in Conway, they're at Coastal Carolina. That's where the campus is. So that that if you're if you're trying to figure out how to to visualize it visualize it in your mind, you can do that um and go check it out. I wouldn't say it's uh premier pristine. It's not like an Elon. Elon looks like, you know, like if you drop a piece of trash, someone will run out from behind a tree and pick it up, you know what I mean? Um but <laughs> But Conway, South Carolina deserves some more love. And if there's a show that's going to give it to him, it will be this show. So party shout out to, Yeah. Oh, Kyle. Party Kyle. School, right? It seems like Kyle. seems like Kyle a name Myr- like that, you gotta be a party school. Myrtle Beach is Those are like 15 party minutes too. away. Yeah. Oh, Kyle, man.
3: have you been to Myrtle Beach? Nope. Oh my God. We have
0: to go to Myrtle Beach. We have yeah. to t- We should take Kyle to Myrtle Beach and then get the Ringer video team to film the whole thing. I mean, we we just we would have a field day. RIP Bob Duato. Um, we would have a great time uh, down there at Coastal Carolina, and that's a great pick. Cliff Ellis is is an all-timer, and someone that's not discussed enough, and I'm glad that we're highlighting the real superstars on this show. Great pick, Kyle, man. I, I want to hang that one up on the board. That is an all-time OSP geezer he right des- there. Cliff he Ellis. deserves his flowers,
3: you know? I don't know what right. kind of flowers. You, you decide. I thought it was pretty amusing. I saw an interview with him where they were like, hey, you know, do you ever sit back and reflect on your career, how proud you are about your, your wins and stuff like that? And he was like, it's just cause I'm old. Like, uh, I just, I, I like, <laughs> he didn't even, he didn't even like do any, like, well, you know, all these kids, he just, his first thing
0: was just like, I'm old. So I don't know. Shout, shout out to Cliff Ellis. He deserves some flowers. He's the best. And, uh, again, coastal Carolina, we'll talk about them this year. Next up for me, this is my number three guy on the board, Um, he's, you've known him. If you watch Richmond spider basketball, you feel like he's been around for quite some time. He just transferred to Villanova. He will be 24 in February. I'm the ages that I'm giving, um, are based on March madness this year. Some of these guys are, you know, going to, going to, you know, even gain a year as the season rolls on. That's how, you know, birthdays work folks. Um, so number three here, Tyler Burton, he's a shooting guard, small forward, slashing wing, whatever you want to call him, right? There's all these terms, but He's just a bucket getter. I really like his game. I think he, as much as everyone's talking about Justin Moore coming back from Villanova, I think Tyler Burton is going to be a really reliable piece for them. He's going to be a name that gets a lot of pub in the Big East. I think a lot of people, if they didn't know Tyler Burton from his time with Richmond, they will absolutely know him with his time with Villanova. So he will be 24 in February, like I said. He makes the list because he's a really, he's a stud in my opinion. I I thought that was a great pickup for Villanova. What are your thoughts on Tyler Burton, Kyle, man?
3: Uh, I think you described it pretty well. I mean, you know, he's six, seven, slasher is the way to go. The shooting is still a big kind of jury's out thing for him, right. but a big time finisher, you know, like uh, at, above the break, you know, he shot just under, you know, 28% from the corners. He was pretty bad <laughs> under 25%. Uh, you get a little bit better when you get on the wings, but he's. He's uh, that's not that's not the selling point on his game right now. He gets to the rim. He's got some nice kind of like baseline middle game, but he's like a 72 percent finisher at the rim. He's somebody that's going to bring you a lot of pressure and get to the rim. We'll see. I mean, we'll see how something that happens when some of these guys level up is they aren't the focal point of the offense. They're playing it because Lord knows he put them up. I mean, he put mm-hmm. the shots up from three. They just <laughs> didn't go in. And sometimes what translate is if you're not a big time shot maker, the quality of the looks you get. Granted, the game speeds up as you go up, but uh, that that percentage might improve as he gets better looks at Nova. Um, so, yeah, he's he's a fun, just kind of athletic wing. I, I expect him to have, to have a pretty good year.
0: And he's tested the waters twice, the NBA waters. He did it in 2022 for the 2022 draft. He did it this year. And then, you know, he realized it would probably be better to go back to college and play for a blue blood, probably get more exposure, probably develop that shot a little bit more. And then he has a chance to get more than a cup of coffee in the NBA. So Tyler Burton, he's a good one. He's number three on my board. Who do you have? I'm, I'm fired up. I love your list already. Kyle, man.
3: Uh, I'm going to go with Leonard Hamilton next. Yeah. Uh, you know, we talked about him. The guy who uh, has had an incredibly long career was an assistant coach at Kentucky back in the eighties under uh Joby hall. Um, he's, He's somebody that has produced, I feel like sneakily has produced um, a lot of more NBA talent and is more of an NBA developer, I think, than he gets credit for frequently. If you look at, uh, he has eight players in the NBA right now from Florida State. I always thought it would have been kind of interesting if Andrew Wiggins had gone there because he kind of fits the mold of guys that Hamilton succeeds with. But he's had 22 over the course of his career. He's been at Florida State since 2002. Of course, he looks like Bunny Colvin. Uh, you know, he's, he looks like he established Amsterdam down there in Baltimore, but, uh, he's, I'm, I'm a big fan of Leonard Hamilton. I like his demeanor. I feel like he just produces a consistent player type. Um, I've always been a fan of the, of his style too. And I love that whenever he recruits guys that come in. Um, they seem to just automatically have this understanding of like, okay, no one guy's going to have 20 points. Uh, We're going to divvy it up. We're going to be sort of, this is going to be a team effort, which A, makes your team harder to totally sort of cut all their water off. Uh, But B, it's also sort of like an adaptability skill set that I think is important for guys who are leveling up to be, you know, you heard some quotes from Gigi Jackson the other day where he was just like, openly talking about like adjusting to being a role player. And that seemed like a big shock for him. I don't feel like Florida state guys suffer from that. I feel like they come in knowing like, you know, maybe you'll have the opportunity to level up, level up like a Devin Vassell, but you're probably going to be within a team concept. Uh, I'm just, I'm a big
0: fan of Leonard, Leonard Hamilton and the way he does things. Absolutely. And if you just go back and work it backwards in his in his life, he was born in Gastonia, North Carolina, and he there's a group of players and people from Gastonia. I don't know what they got going on. You mentioned him at the top of the show when we were talking about we're going to get rolling here. Fred Durst from Gastonia, North Carolina, <laughs> um, which is Sylvia Hatchell, head coach of the women's basketball team. James Worthy. Um, Harold Varner the third. I mean, there's so many people from Gastonia, North Carolina, that are notable people, and Leonard Hamilton is one of my favorites from Gastonia, North Carolina. So, um, shout out to him. He, he's undefeated.
3: Is it Chris Lang from Gastonia, the the UNC player, the big guy? You remember him? Is that?
0: Yeah, yeah. The the little. I I don't know. I. I think he maybe was listed from Charlotte, but I mean, Gastonia sounds better. I mean, if you're, if you're going to, to list your, your city and you're from that area, just put Gastonia, um, you're going to have some success. I mean, there's, there's a ton of people. Um, I just mentioned a few, like I said, but, uh, sleepy Floyd, um, you know, he sleepy Floyd and James Worthy played each other in high school. And that's why when they met in the 82 national championship game, that was such a, you know, uh, the fact that that all happened and played out that way. It was a, it was a weird, like local goes national moment for a lot of people in North Carolina. I have a funny Leonard Hamilton story. This is, I'm not going to tell the whole story because it's my dad's story to tell, but you know, he had to go to Bowling Green, Kentucky all the time, tobacco. Um, and one of his favorite stories that he heard about Leonard Hamilton was when Moses Malone was getting recruited back in high school. Leonard Hamilton was an assistant at Kentucky at the time for uh, Eddie Sutton. And Eddie Moses, Sutton, I
3: had it wrong. I, it is Eddie Sutton. My bad. I made it. sorry, Kentucky fans. I'm gonna get I'm gonna get a note about that. Sorry. What did you Oops. say? Did you my say bad. Joe B. Hall? Uh, was he under Joe B. Or this is before my time? I don't. I think this time was messed up. I think
0: I think he was he was with Eddie Sutton at least for the Moses recruitment because my dad. This is my dad's favorite story to tell. But Moses got on campus. Leonard Hamilton got him there, and he gave um the the paper to sign. You know what I mean? To 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 it, the national letter of intent. He gave it to one of the players on the team, and he said. The only goal today is to get Moses to sign this piece of paper, right? And then they took him to the horse races. You know, they did the whole Kentucky recruitment, right, back in the 80s and everything. And Leonard Hamilton's, like, you know, hammering him. You, you got to get him to sign this piece of paper. You got to get him to sign this piece of paper. Um, they, I guess eventually they took him to a pool. Um, and Moses got in the pool with the piece of paper. They were trying to get him to sign it, but he jumped in the pool with the piece of paper and Leonard Hamilton went apeshit on all of them uh, because they couldn't get Moses Malone to sign the piece of paper. Um, and that's how you know that Leonard Hamilton deep down is an OG day one, a one bad guy. Um, this is what he does. He knows how the game goes. So, uh, we have a lot of love for him. And uh, that, like my dad, I can have him on the show, tell the full story. He, he has the, the whole thing, and uh, he's heard it multiple times over. But Leonard Hamilton is a, is a legend for uh, for his time at Kentucky and beyond, and he knows how to get five-star recruits. We do know that.
3: Yeah, the, the Eddie Sutton era at Kentucky is legendary for a lot of reasons that wouldn't be as controversial today. <laughs> I don't feel like
0: Emory <laughs> right. Pack
3: just, burst, just overflowing with money and things like that. Um, but yeah, yeah, I I love I love Lenny. He's uh he's a legend. Only only yeah. seventy five, like I said, if you hold him up next to each other, it kind of looks like Cliff Ellis has smoked for fifty years. I'm not accusing him of that. But then Leonard, just great skincare, you know, regimen mm-hmm. or something or you know, it's just it's 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 admirable.
0: He he looks great. I think what do you think? Over under three more years of Leonard Hamilton, you think over? I think he could coach to eighty if he wanted to. Probably. Probably. Yeah. He's, still, he's still rolling along. So. He not said he's, he's not thinking about it. So he's a, he's a legendary OSP geezer. Shout out to Learn Hamilton. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. If you're busy like me and you're trying to catch your kids' games, it's important to have somewhere where you can go to find a good hotel. We're all over the place. Sometimes, you know, we're in Florida. We'll be in New York. You want to take the wife on a quick vacation and get away. Whether you're looking for a relaxing getaway or heading out of town to see the playoffs – Hotels.com app has a perfect hotel for every trip. Compare up to five hotels side-by-side so you can see prices, amenities, and star ratings without having to switch back and forth between options. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com
1: app today. This episode is brought to you by Lululemon. Guys, if you're ready for a new pair of pants, try one of Lululemon's ABC pants. They're made to make you look and feel good. And there's lots of different styles to choose from ABC Pants are really in a league of their own. Buy a pair right now at lululemon.com.
2: There's a lot that could impress you about the all-new Honda Prologue EV. True, it's got class-leading passenger space and clean, thoughtful design and intuitive technology. But what really sets the Prologue apart from the competition is that it's more than an EV. It's a Honda. Honda, the power of dreams. Visit honda.com slash prologue to learn more.
0: Number two on my list, I remember watching this guy wearing number 23 at Stanford being guarded by Leaky Black, Um, and Leaky Black was a sophomore at the time. He was playing for Jared Haas at Stanford. He was from New York, and then he ended up transferring to Notre Dame, and last year he actually played as a graduate transfer for Notre Dame, and you would say to yourself, oh man, this guy's a graduate transfer. It must be over. No, he had one more transfer in his bag, Cormac Ryan of the now North Carolina Tar Heels, who has been, you know, tabbed as the team leader, which is shocking to say when you have Armando Baycott, RJ Davis, but they said the guy who just got there and had probably a few cups of coffee so far in Chapel Hill um, is already the team leader. And like I said, played for Stanford, played for Notre Dame, now going to play for North Carolina. He's 25 years old. Right now he's 24, but in March he'll be 25. He's about to turn 25 at the end of October here. But um, Cormac Ryan, great shooter, I think he has an ability, um, you know, to I think he's more athletic than he gets credit for. And I think he's going to have a chance to show off his ability this year at UNC. And he might be able to get a look in the NBA. What are your thoughts on Cormac, Ryan?
3: Little, little sneaky sort of white guy coded language there. He's more, more athletic than he gets credit for. Sneaky cerebral nose for the ball.
0: People don't like to give Cormac his credit and I'm here to do it. I'm going to fight the good fight.
3: I told Chris Ryan I was like it's a real shame that uh, someone if you ever had a son somebody already stole the name Cormac Ryan I just thought that that was you know he's a big anyway he's a big uh, Cormac McCarthy
0: guy. Uh, yeah, right. I, and and that would be that would be great. Chris Ryan run it back. I mean who cares? <laughs> they they're not going to cross paths at that point. That's true. That's true. Uh yeah, I assume his
3: fa- his parents are uh, are literary fans of in some capacity. No, I, right. it's the same kind of a thing. He's adding steadiness, he's adding ball skills, you know. Um, this past year, you know, he shot it a little bit better than he shot it uh, at Stanford. Uh, he's a good ad, a lot of experience, and and just um well balanced. And I think North Carolina. It's going to be a nice sort of thing to put next to Elliott Cadeau and R.J. Davis. Um, Carolina. I don't know. Are you feeling confident about Carolina, Tate? Are you se- you seemed a little a little pep in your step there. What's the preseason sort of composite ranking for them right now? Is it uh, is it is it where you'd
0: like it to be? I like the basketball. You know, processing and brain power of the team. I like Paxton Wojcik, who crushed Carolina when he played at Brown a few years ago and he came in. And Larry Brown, um, after that game, told me that Brown was better than Carolina. And, you know, he wasn't really wrong about that. Uh, so Paxton Wojcik coming in, Cormac Ryan coming in. I think that they help um, obviously with the shooting, right? That was such a such an issue last year. So I think those two guys will be nice pieces. I worry about Carolina when they go up against an Alabama or an Auburn or a Mississippi State, Texas A&M, any of these teams in the SEC that have the athleticism. I just don't think Carolina has anybody to match up with that athleticism. I do appreciate, though, that Elliott Cadeau is already seemingly said he's willing to be on a two-year plan. Yeah. Um, I, I, I just you don't hear that often. Right. And so he's kind of saying the right things. Who knows if that's the reality of how he actually feels. But I like the, the way that they're bonding. It does seem like they like each other a little bit more. And uh, as Hubert Davis said in his little uh, press conference the other day, I hope Armando talks as much on defense as he does to the press. And, and I'm right there with him. Um, you, so I, th- I think that was a great quote. Did you see his divorce quote about Caleb Love recently? Yeah, I've had a lot of people reaching out to me to get my thoughts on this quote. And look, I, I'm team, I don't want to pick sides, but like if I had to pick sides, I'm team Caleb. Um, Because Caleb, you know, what he did with that moment against Coach K, I'll, I'll never say a bad word about him. And I thought he got kind of, framed as the bad guy as the uh, fall guy for this team when in reality he was just getting the ball at the end of the shot clocks and they're saying you know hit a hero shot for us after this terrible possession and then he ends up being he gets grenades all day and then they blame him when when the bomb blows up right so um i i did i just didn't think it was fair i appreciate armando saying that i like i like that he's trying to put out there that they're okay i think caleb would pay money to to face North Carolina in the NCAA tournament, and I hope for their sake they don't have to see Arizona with Coach Rob, who has his own feelings about how things ended for him in North Carolina. Caleb, obviously, so um I think there's probably a tinge of uh, a tinge of bad blood, maybe. Um, but it sounds like they they solved it, and I did like the kids quote because then everyone inevitably says, "Well, who are the kids in the divorce?" And you know the answer is easy: it's Mr. K. So uh, I, I thought that was good. So if anything. <laughs> If anything, Baycott set that up perfectly. Um, I feel so like you just Norm McDonald
3: me, like you just like walk me all the way around to make that joke. That was that was great. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, I was noticing Arizona's gonna, you know, Caleb's gonna get a, another chance to sort of like continue his brand of of making the Blue Devils his children. Are
0: you excited right? about watching that one? I'm excited. I'm, I'm happy for Caleb. And, and the reality is Caleb is a Jason Tatum, you know, prodigy, disciple, whatever word you want to use. I mean, he is a Tatum guy. He loves Jason Tatum. He wanted to play at Duke. And Coach K said, we want Jeremy Roach over you. So the reason that's the reason why he has so much hate for Duke is because he wanted to play for Duke. So um, I, I would suspect he's going to have another good game against the Blue Devils. But yeah, Cormac Ryan, 25 years old. Who would have thought? Maybe Caleb plays till 25 at this point.
3: Yeah, yeah, I I feel like Caleb Love was always one of those. I always call them the, the pilot like guys, where they can light the house or burn the house down. People who mm-hmm. listen to me probably heard me say that eighty thousand times. I'm like, shut up, Kyle. Um, but I, I just feel like it's Caleb Love one. is one of those dudes like he's he's very fun and, and thrilling and then he's also like claw my eyes out i can't believe that that just happened what were you thinking <laughs> uh but sometimes those are the dudes that take you to the promised land i, right. I just gotta say we at deron lamb was one of those guys for us it was sometimes you'd be like what is he thinking and other times you'd be like uh this man's unconscious thank god he's on my team you know thank yeah, god the, he's not thinking you know that yeah kind of thing.
0: the classic no no yes i mean that that is literally <laughs> every single one of those you know deon waiter is one of those guys right there, there's a lot of them in college basketball and in basketball at large. But, uh, that, that was, that, that was a great run for Caleb in 2022. I hope he finds it again. Who do you have at number two on your list?
3: Uh, number two is, uh, Mr. Jim Laranega, 74 yeah. years old, uh, Miami guy, uh, now, um, returning a great team. It, it feels like he's, I can't think of another coach in who, who, who else in college basketball as a coach is maturing at, at 74. <laughs> I'm trying to think of another coach. Cause like, well, Maybe that's not fair. I mean, Laranega has, has had sustained success, but it, it feels like his brand is better. I mean, he's on a bigger platform. Am I crazy? It just seems like he's he's blossoming at, at 74. Um, doesn't seem to be slowing down. I don't know. I haven't heard any kind of retirement talk from him, but it's it really seems like the, the Laranega brand, we're all about brands here, is really thriving right now. Like He's on the upswing, I feel like
0: absolutely and then 2013 I mean he came to Miami in 2011 2013 they had the Shane Larkin team that you know America fell in love with but unfortunately they didn't really have staying power with that team right there weren't guys that hung around the league Shane Larkin didn't have the NBA career you were hoping for so it felt a lot like of cups that, of
3: coffee though I mean he well, just he was constantly getting those he, cups of coffee you
0: know he did he had so much coffee he was wired um uh, you know at the end of his NBA career but I mean in general it just felt like that team didn't get talked about enough that 2013 team that won the ACC um and for whatever reason, they didn't get the hype. But this year, this past team with Wong and Miller and, you know, Pack and the, the, you know, Omer, Ch- Norchad O'Mir, I mean, they, they were. One, they had their run to the Final Four first time in program history. Two, they kind of had guys that you know were going to get to the league. Isaiah Wong, I think, is going to be a good NBA player if he gets an opportunity to, to actually play. Um, so I just think that the brand is stronger than ever. He's also been there. He's also been a great coach for a long time. But he's finally just getting his moment in the sun. And it's wild that it happens at 74. But he's another guy, just like Leonard Hamilton, where... I don't know what the I don't I don't know if it's gonna be you know he's eighty and he retires or you know he's eighty five and he retires who knows Uh, at this rate Miami wins the ACC every ten years so he needs to make it at least ten more years.
3: Yeah, it, I always love whenever I hear Rick Pitino talk about Nega because he has a lot of just sort of like, uh, you know, peer sort of admiration for him. You're like, brilliant basketball mind, Tim <laughs> Uh I've never done a Rick Pitino impression that was on the spot. Sorry, That was everybody. good. Uh, but, uh, no, like, I, another guy that I feel like could take a big step up this season is Wooga Poplar for them. Yeah. Uh, three-level score. Dude is nasty with the ball in his hands. I mean, he gets—he just is a bucket getter. I feel like Miami could be really good again. I, like you were talking about Wong. Wong did get in yesterday, and it was kind of what you would expect. Even the announcers were like, uh, they were like not the biggest playmaker in the world, not the biggest playmaker," <laughs> you know, because he was trying to get—he kept getting in traffic and kind of getting swallowed up. I'll be interested to see what happens with him. He's playing for the the Pacers, but um, that you know they're adding Matthew Cleveland too, and uh, you know, yeah, came from from State. Right? So we'll we'll see if that works out for him, but. Laranaga just uh, another thing too is like whenever I think of Jim Laranaga, I think of a guy who's like five eleven and kind of just like a weren't like a kind of a, a lean, slender kind of guy, you know, bent over a little bit. But you know, he's listed at six four. That's a presence, you know. I think mm. whenever whenever he's out there, you know, trying to command the attention of these guys. I know he's older, but an older guy at six four, uh, he just he he's he has a presence about him. I think that kind of factors into him much taller than I thought,
0: Jim Larnerga and if you think about the guy the coaches that he was an assistant for right lefty drizel at davidson terry holland at virginia like he learned from such a like a top ilk of coaches that he just there's there's this level of just wisdom that's why rick pentino has such respect for him because he's like Nega has kind of seen it all done it all you know what i mean and he learned from the best of the best so uh shout out to jim Nega. also he came on one shotting podcast in march and hopefully we can get him back on the show uh that was a fun interview he was very serious Um, He was not playing around at all. I was trying to joke around with him. And and then I was like, I gotta, I gotta (laughs) let this guy know. I, I know some basketball. So I get some respect here. So shout out to coach L the only coach I know that could go by coach L and it's actually cool. Um, and Miami's the class of the ACC. Nobody wants, everybody wants to just act like Duke is still the class of the ACC or Carolina is or Virginia, but it's Miami. Miami is the class of the ACC, and I wouldn't be shocked if they won the ACC again this year, um, despite the name recognition not being there, because Norchad's back. Wuga Poplar is going to take that next step. So shout out to Coach L. I'm excited Nigel for that. Nigel Pack's back too, right? Nigel I mean, Pack's back. back. I mean, they, yeah, every, they got Pack three, is back. they got three main guys that, that are ready to roll. So shout out to the U. Um, number one on my board, He's 27 years old. He is trying to get a waiver to play this year for Mr. Penny Hardaway. You know him. You love him. You've seen him play multiple, 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 multiple times. He is DeAndre Williams of the Memphis Tigers, hopefully of the Memphis Tigers. They are trying, their first waiver got denied. Um, If you don't know the story, DeAndre Williams, he was supposedly going to be done at the end of last season. His mom came out and said he will not be playing college basketball anymore. He came out after that and said, not so fast. I might (laughs) be playing college basketball again. Um, He had to sit out one year. In 2019, because he was academically ineligible, but, but he did not play. So they are trying to argue in this case that he has one year of eligibility because he actually, that shouldn't have been counted as a year towards his eligibility. You have five years. This should be his fifth year. Um, Again, 27 years old. An insane story if you haven't looked up DeAndre Williams' story. But uh, you and I, Con, man, we've seen him play a lot of basketball. How shocking would it be to watch a 27-year-old play for Penny Hardaway? I mean, that is, that's just insane to say.
3: Uh, yeah. I mean, he's gonna like potentially hit his physical prime in college, which is really something. Is uh, <laughs> uh, something special. Uh, Michael yeah. Jordan won his
0: first championship at 27. For anyone you know, <laughs> counting at home. Yeah. So, yeah, he's he's literally hitting his
3: prime. You know, uh, I worry about him though. You know, don't you know? 27 is a tough age in the music world. But if you look back at like. You know, Parasite won the Oscar when DeAndre Williams came into college. So this is a <laughs> this is a while back. You know, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> Bong Juno was uh, you know won won his first Oscar there. So, he, but he's a good player. I mean, I my first experience with him was uh, they came into Rupp. I've said this before. They came into Rupp. Walter McCarty, R.I.P. as a coach. Uh, <laughs> Walt, they came in and beat the the, uh, the Tyrese maxey Emmanuel yeah. Quickly team. At Rupp, at home, shocked him, uh, beat him fairly handily. And uh, he's, I I hope that he can, just for the novelty of it, I hope and I'm sure Penny needs once it for the basketball sake of it too there, you know, certainly, but uh, I, I'd like to see it. I'd like to see a 27-year-old playing college basketball just so he can miss some of the, the other coaches for nothing yeah. else.
0: And Penny has uh, got the same lawyer that helped him with his NCAA case that they ended up getting, uh, you know, basically dismissed for all intents and purposes, right? So he is has Avenatti,
3: Michael Avenatti. Is that the guy that was on? No, about? this
0: guy's name is. They just call him the Don. Uh, you know what I mean? That's, That's like start. his nickname. So the so the Don is on the case and he's trying to crack it and they seem pretty um, you know, positive about the fact that he will be able to play. They also have the Mikey Williams situation ongoing, which is another legal legal matter. So Penny's trying to get both those guys cleared and, and ready to play. So I mean, the Memphis is, is something to watch they pay, they're picked second in the AAC but who knows if they get those two guys back into the fold they could be um, a really good team and Penny thought they should have made the final four last year of course and uh, one other DeAndre Williams stat I had for you Devin Booker is younger than DeAndre Williams and in case you're keeping <laughs> up Devin Booker has played eight years in the NBA Cow man what the hell I don't is, know why
3: I didn't think to pull up a list like that. I, I'm jealous. I, I feel stupid that I didn't do that. But um, that's incredible. That's incredible. Of course, Jason Tatum is, what, 19 years old now? So yeah, he's right. way older than him. Um, he's yeah. the most
0: polished 19-year-old I've ever watched. He looks I mean, great. He looks great.
3: <laughs> Just like Leonard. Yeah. Yeah. He uh, he looks awesome. He's He's going to be... He's, and he's a good player, too. It's not like this right. is a guy that's going to come in. Granted, you know, he was good when it, all of his years in college, but he's a guy who shoots the ball really well at his size, you know, six nine shoots about 40% from three.
0: He's a good ad. He's a good ad. Yeah. I like it. Who's number one for you on the board? That's my top five.
3: Uh, you know, I debated here. I started to go Scott Davenport, but you know, mm. Scott's a little younger than some of these guys. So I don't want to insult him by including including him in the, ge- I sent you a YouTube video from when, uh, from when Bellerman beat Louisville at, at the yum center. And it was, it's a really, I would, re- I'll tweet this out. I would recommend watching it. It doesn't have many views because they're like, yeah, big win for Bellerman at the Yum Center. Wow. And they're kind of telling the story and then they and then they go to the wide shot and Scott Damienport is just standing in studio with them, which I did not expect. Um, no, I mean, he's, he's somebody before I get to my, no, I'll, it's a tie for number one. He's <laughs> okay. built like a real legit program at Bellerman. He's a great coach. Seems like a really great motivator. Uh, guys play hard for, they play an unorthodox style bellerman is like three minutes from my house so shout out to them uh my number one is rick patino you know yes you know he's virile uh he's still moving around he's moving and shaking he's talking about jump maybe jumping in the river he'll keep doing that to stay young um who who's surprised who else could be number one tate other than rick patino it's got it's got to be him he's still he's still cooking
0: He's still cooking and he's still the guy. I mean, at the end of the day, when you want to move uh, the meter, you know, so to speak, with just the general public about like why you should care about college basketball, and especially when you have the the New York media machine, I just want Rick Pitino to to drive college basketball back into the conversation. Obviously, there, there's the fans there. You can look at the TV ratings and all that sort of stuff to know that like there is the interest in March is always going to be about March Madness, but we need a character that can carry it from November all the way to March. And there's no one that you want to pass the baton to more than Rick Pitino because he will take it and he will run with it. And uh, he knows how to get headlines. He knows how to get people excited. He knows how to sell tickets. He knows how to sell the dream and, and be a part of the dream. Right? I mean, he he is the one that is going to be the focal point of everything that is St. John. So. I think it's a great pick. And what what is Rick right now? He's seventy one, right? Yeah, he's seventy one. We
3: need we need hyperbole from Rick. That's what we really need. Mm-hmm. You know, we're talking about he's he's in his bag when he's being hyperbolic. Famousl,y once compared Mike Mara, the tattooed shooter at white shooter at Louisville, compared him to Ray Allen. That was one of his all time yeah. greats. Uh, you know, he said I, Nick
0: Calathis I, was the the best point guard ever.
3: Yeah. Yeah, which Nick Kaleith, this is a bad he man. Is good. No, no, no shade. Uh, but um, <laughs> shout out to bald guys who who can dribble and shoot and pass. Uh, but uh, I don't know. I want to put a timetable on it here. How long do we until we get a Simeon Wilcher, Felipe Lopez comparison? Mm. I'm hoping we get something wild. You know, I, I want to get some kind of crazy comp, like you know he's the best shooter I've seen since uh you know Chris Mullen. I want I want him to do something blasphemous. Like we need we need Rick to really come come to the table ready to go, but he's my number one geezer. Sorry, number one geyser also in a lot of ways. You can read (laughs) into that joke however you want, but love Rick Pitino. He's number one.
0: Yeah, I think next week we're going to do our top five geysers, uh, uh, you know, in college basketball. So that'll be fun. But yeah, Rick Pitino is the right pick and he did already make the promise that if he does not win a national championship, he will jump in the East River. So he's already put out an ultimatum to the people. But like you said, we need hyperbole. He's also trying to schedule the first uh, college basketball game at Arthur Ashe Stadium with Duke, um, he, he has already put that out in the world. He's trying to get them to play in Arthur Ashe. They have played, um, I believe, a WNBA game in Arthur Ashe, but they've never played a college basketball game. And I got a quote from Patino about it. This is the holdup in his opinion. They got to make sure they, this is quote Rick Patino, quote, they got to make sure they got heat in the building. I know it's enclosed, but you got to have heat, Rick Patino. Um and I, and I think I'm just going to take the second part of that and just put you got to have heat, Rick Pitino, um, and just and just put that on a T-shirt because you do. You got to have heat in college basketball. Rick Pitino is a man on fire. He makes things happen. And uh, he's the number one geezer. DeAndre Williams, number one player geezer. I love that. Um, I have some honorable mentions I want to throw at you, Kyle, man. Hunter Dickinson, an honorable mention. He won freshman of the year, famously at age 20. Um, I think that qualifies him to be on the geezer list. He's not actually as old as you would think. I think he's only 22, will turn 23 during the season. But if you win freshman year at 20, you're on the list. Santiago Vescovi, Um, From Tennessee, every single SEC fan base, they always act like he's been at Tennessee forever. The guy's only 22 years old. In fact, the team account tweeted when he turned 22, um, our guy, (laughs) arguably the oldest player in college basketball, is in fact only 22 years old. So I thought Vescovy could be on the list. Again, only because of uh, the perception, not the reality. Uh, Boogie Ellis, he'll be 23 in December. I feel like we watch Boogie at Memphis. Boogie will be back in the 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 on Front Street, right, with USC basketball this year. So we'll talk about him a lot. Phil Martelli, our guy, just turned 69 years old. He's running practices. He is the um the interim head coach right now while Jawan is dealing with health issues. And I heard from a from a source the other day that Phil Martelli had a really hard practice. Um, because he wanted to take the next day off so that he could watch the Phillies game. So Phil Martelli, that's an old geezer move. You know, you want to watch the baseball game. So you practice hard the day before. I love that. And then my last one was Lorenzo Romar. I, he just like Leonard Hamilton, who knows how old Lorenzo Romar is, but um, those guys are all geezers that we love and we're going to support. And, uh, in our world, geezer and wisdom and age is actually a beautiful thing, not I've something that we're throwing shade on.
3: Yeah. We're not ageists around here, you know? Right. Uh, we're not going to try to send you out to pasture. These guys, these adaptable guys, they have a lot to offer. You know, they're not being left behind. Uh, rooting, rooting for, rooting for the, these geezers. Happy, happy to.
0: Yeah. I love that. So we got our list. We got our 10. Um, let's do some shout outs. Let's have some fun here. Kyle. Um, I know you have some headlines that you wanted to start with. We'll start with Kyle's headlines and maybe a couple shout outs. What do you got? what What's happening in the world of college basketball?
2: Well, you effectively made me useless this week because you rattled off every single one of my headlines that I had, except for I did find this one. And this one is big. I've been searching it for this one for a while. I finally mm. sniffed a little bit of news about it. It's the Dartmouth Union battle that we've all oh, can't God. take our, our can't take our eyes <laughs> yeah. off them. And basically what the Dartmouth lawyers did here is, I mean, it's fucking cold. Re- listen to this. So they're basically arguing mm. that, you know, their students... And not and not employees, but also the college does not profit from the activities of the men's basketball program. Unlike athletic programs and other colleges, universities that deliberately deliberately pursue and generate net revenue and profits for their institutions through athletics, the men's basketball program and the athletic program overall at Dartmouth does not produce any of that revenue for Dartmouth. Instead, it represents an expense that Dartmouth Mm. assumes as part of its ongoing participation in the Ivy League. basically you guys ain't shit. You don't deserve money.
0: Um, So and and I like I I like the spin zone though Kyle with this it's basically saying actually you owe us money you owe us money money." yeah (laughs) 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 that's awesome. Um
3: you know, it's a, it's a fight worth fighting though. I think it's admirable. I think J.A. Adonde once said that, uh, victory goes to the, the, the appropriators and not the innovators. You know, Dartmouth is mm. going to be there on the front lines. They caught an arrow so that the guys in the back could, you know, bring up and, you know, storm the castle and win the day. Um, I, you know, I, I uh credit to him. It's 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 a battle <laughs> worth fighting. It's pretty hilarious that the university came back and patted them on the head, was like, Hey guys, you don't make any money. Uh but the next you know, maybe the next time around it'll be a profitable group of young men who are gonna do it. Maybe it'll have a positive outcome and it'll all be worth it. We'll see. We'll and to see. be clear, this is not the official this is just
2: what the the lawyers for Darkness are orgu- are arguing over this. A uh, case over a Zoom call that I guess reporters could sit in. So nothing has actually happened besides some some pretty scathing
0: remarks by the by the the uh, counsel for Darbeth. Yeah, I'm not a judge, but if I heard that re- that retort Ooh. from those lawyers, I'd just say, man, you guys, you, guys, you guys, really <laughs> messed up here. <laughs> Sounds like they got you. Um, that's a good one. So that that's the only main headline, Kyle. I took everything else from you. You got all the other ones. You really, oh, you my really God. got them all. That's the only. And I just found this during the recording. I was like, come on, I can't have nothing. Oh, man. All right. Well, let's run through some shout outs I have here. Um, Shout out to Nolan Smith, who said, uh, quote, (laughs) I was never going to leave keeping up a tried and true tradition of lying to the Louisville media. Um, He he says he was never going to leave, even though despite he I think he interviewed for three jobs, uh, but he he was never going to leave. He wants to be there. He loves Louisville. Um, Everything's going great there. Um, Louisville to me looks like a football school I don't know Kyle man they're they're giving me football school vibes so maybe things are turning in that direction that's the positive spin I had a bad day on Saturday
3: guys you know not that my expectations were super high you know we had we had Georgia at in between the hedges they haven't lost in two years Uh, they beat us like a little, like, uh they they beat us. They just beat us mercilessly. It was embarrassing. Mm-hmm. They kind of kicked us down and put us in our place. And then Louisville goes and beats Notre Dame. So you might be right. I mean, they, they're definitely on the upswing. I'm feeling a little antsy about it. But I just thought the, I thought the Nolan Smith I don't know. It's the equivalent of like coming in and seeing, you know, your your significant significant other like with. I haven't had this happen, but you know, I would imagine it'd be like this. But they got their arm around somebody at the bar or something, and then they just come had to back. Clear that up, oh, you know, <laughs> <laughs> just had to clear that up. <laughs> had to be clear, Uh, you know. Um, and then he comes back and says, "I was never going to leave. I just, uh, I find that to be an amazing quote. It's great, you know." Capital City Go-Go hired Cody Toppert, who's sort of like a pretty respected player development guy in the basketball world. Pretty sure he's did a lot of work with Devin Booker. Good hire. Came from LSU.
0: Um, so, yeah. Love it. Love no, it, Nolan
3: Smith. Keep bringing it, us the quotes.
0: And it was nice of Nolan Smith to, to to bow out of that and give him the job. I mean, that was actually, he's a really big guy for doing that. So shout out to Nolan Smith. Also, all five blue bloods are in the AP poll for football for the first time ever. Shout out to my guy, Brian Ives, for pulling that note. So uh, the five blue bloods are actually all teams that have blue. Indiana, that is not a slight to you. I call you a true blood. That's just how we do things on the show. So Kentucky football, even though that happened, they're still in the AP poll man. So there is a silver lining there. So shout out to uh, all the blue bloods slowly but surely maybe turning into football schools we'll, we'll monitor that situation next shout out gonzaga is talking to the big 12 they're flirting with each other and they're talking about the idea of putting gonzaga in the big 12 for basketball that's something to monitor we'll do that on this show so shout out to them um, shout out to bryce james who was at the ohio state football game kyle man your thoughts do you think bryce james will be a buckeye in the future or is this the classic lebron propaganda to keep ohio happy He's always, you know, he's always keeping
3: a, a an iron in the fire in Ohio. True Ohio mm-hmm. guy. I mean, I guess it depends on how this USC thing goes, right? I mean, if it goes swimmingly, keep him close to home. Does LeBron have a house in Ohio? I wouldn't be surprised if he does. I don't I think know. he I does. I, I would, think he does have a house in Akron. He's I I got a school I don't, there. You think he'd have a house, Yeah, he's right? got,
0: got a me. school. Yeah, I, th- I think he does have. It. If he doesn't have a house, he should buy one because Which, uh, that keeps up the whole, you know, mystique of it all.
3: Yeah, when you're when you're rich enough, I guess there reaches the point where it's like does it really matter if you have a house there, you can go stay there for any amount of time and it's not going to really be any, you know, any skin off your back. I, like Bryce is the class of 25. Is he, what class is he? I think he's 26,
0: right? 26? I think he's, yeah, 26.
3: Well, LeBron might be done by then too. So I don't even know if that the LA thing will matter as much. But, you know, LeBron's always, he's wearing the Ohio State football jerseys. He's all about it. It wouldn't surprise me at all who, if that ended up Who happening. wants this more? Do you think Ohio State doesn't want to actually
2: miss out on James? Or do you think LeBron wants to keep the Ohio thing up? Like, it seems like it's actually pretty close. Don't you think? Like, Ohio State's probably like, we're not missing out on this shit again. Because they did miss out on Bronny. And, you know, you can fake, Chris, you can have all the, as many lockers as you want in, in the locker room, but LeBron James didn't go to Ohio State. So, like, this is kind of your last shot, right? And
0: Unless Ohio State daughter. fans gave Chris Holtman a bunch of shit about Bronny going to USC. I mean, they they act like it was his fault that Bronny <laughs> didn't come to Ohio State, like as if he really wanted to come and, like, someone didn't come through and make it work. Ohio State went all out for Bronny. They, they made him feel like he was the number one recruit in the class. They wanted him to be the face of the team, da-da-da-da. And he basically was like, Yeah, thanks for the visit. Um, I, I won't that's talk to, you, I had he to him. He <laughs> Yeah, he ghosted him. I'll be, hey, <laughs> that's
3: the- I'll be honest. I literally think that, like, nobody, like, no recruiting effort from a school matters. It's all just what Clutch wants to do. If Clutch wants him to go there, <laughs> like, I don't care what Chris Holtman said to them, like, about the pitch for the player. They have their own, like, even your own vision for your own team doesn't matter. Clutch is like, we know what the vision is for you. that's seriously how much power and how how like like little they care about it like i uh and this is just this is from things i've heard like that are i'm not speculating on this so i, I think if if he wants to go to ohio state i seriously don't think it has anything to do with the the level of recruitment unless they unless they gave them like the like we don't like the total indifference insulting kind of a thing Like, I don't think the level – I think you're wasting your energy. Just kind of do your due diligence and be like, we'd love to have you. But, like, and just kind of do right by clutch. But that's what it comes down to, in my opinion. It's just make make them happy
0: and he might come. The best-case scenario is that Bryce is not good enough to get offers from other places. Good good one, Kyle. Um, To to not get other (laughs) – yeah, boom, got it. Um, (laughs) He might not get other offers, right, that that are at the same level that Bronny was getting, like Oregon and all these other places. So if Ohio State is the best offer – that might be the best case scenario for Bryce James to be able to go play D1 at a big school. So I think if if you're the Buckeyes, that is uh, you know, probably the best case scenario to get Bryce James there. But do you really want a guy who's not going to... They have Scotty Middleton coming in, by the way, who's a five-star prospect, who's probably going to be a one-and-done. They should be excited about that reality, not the fact they didn't get Bronny James, but you know that's just the that's the world we live in today so uh you're right it's a, it's a clutch conversation and clutch will make this the decision without having a conversation and then you'll just deal with it on the back end so it's the it's go. the
3: OJ Mayo thing it's just like oh, oh he's coming like that's i i literally think that's how it works i don't they're like oh they're recruiting i don't even know if they even care like i I'd, I'd love to know behind the scenes that's what it seems like to me i don't
0: know. yeah we'll, we'll we'll do some research on that we'll we'll make some phone calls and see what's really going on there i wanted to shout out John Moran he gave the entire Murray State race program nike jaw ones um that was the women's team men's team everybody and this was the classic like let's get some good pr out there and i just wanted to tip of <laughs> the cap you know what i mean that was a good headline maybe
3: get some out there right. i donated them big quotes right <laughs> yeah. see
0: this is why this is the only time that nba stars will will go back and use colleges is when they need you to do the google search <laughs> and you type in ja moran it's like ja moran like philanthropist right i right. mean nike philanthropist so i i thought that was a smart move for john ja moran i love to see that um, one last shout out for me the Big Ten media poll came out Purdue got picked to win the Big Ten this year Zach E to be player of the year and I just want to say I got to get this off my chest if you lose to a 16 seed You should not be treated like this in the media. You should not just go ahead and be gifted the preseason number one pick and the preseason player of the year. I don't care how talented you are. You got to have some sort of penance. Um, So Michigan State fans, this is me trying to endear myself to you. You should have been the preseason pick, even though preseason picks don't matter. Um, But I I just can't believe that when Virginia lost to a 16 seed the next year, they were picked to finish fourth in the ACC and they won the national championship. Um, So. There was pennants from the media. Exactly. What ha- what happened to the old media that I grew up with? What happened to these beat writers? They're too soft in the Midwest. Let's 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 not be so nice and let's let's make Purdue have to earn something. And then who knows, maybe they go win the national championship. That would be great. But uh that was the last thing I saw and it got me fired up. But uh any more shout outs, Kyle Man, anything from you before we get out of here?
3: Uh, I wanted to just quickly, you know, get, take the temperature for us among the group here. Of uh, You know, I saw on Twitter, Creighton did the Elite Eight rings. Oh, I yeah. Kinda, I was joking with, with a friend of mine about like, you know, we're spoiled at Kentucky. I used to have this thing where it was like, you know, I'm not going to buy a conference tournament championship T-shirt. I'd be embarrassed to wear that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd be I was made the jokes like I'm never going to wear like an Elite Eight or a Final Four T-shirt. It was just like, that's a special time when I win, you know, the title T-shirts are a thing. I was just curious. How do we feel about Creighton? You know, w- going to the Elite Eight and getting making rings off of it. What, what do you think about that?
2: I tell you, as a as a new age Pats fan, I think we're going to be seriously looking at sizes for division title shirts over the next decade. I might that might be where I might Elite be where Elite I get my merch. <laughs> like, uh, so uh, I mean, Creighton, maybe you know, it's just it's all about perspective, man. I, I guess I mean, you, you don't want to be like the you know the those memes about the Knicks banners where it's like. Held Kobe to 28 points one night or something like you don't want like those fake banner memes and stuff, but that's exactly what you're opening yourself up to. But, you know, somebody's happy about that ring. (laughs) I don't know. It might be something you leave in the house, but uh, one of
0: those guys has to be happy about it. I think Creighton could make the final four this year, and I think they'd be a good pick to make the final four. Those rings made me wary because sometimes when you get rings to kind of pat yourself on the back, you almost feel like you accomplished something. Carolina did this when they made the the national championship game in 2022. Um, You know, you, you pat yourself on the back. You say, look how great we were. We got some rings. We're feeling good and all of a sudden that hunger that fire whatever it is just really isn't there to go back and do it again and do it even better so that's my only concern i i don't really care i know that creighton had not made it that far right so they they were celebrating the fact that they got to the personal next best. echelon. yeah right right it's a personal best ring which i respect that they're going to acknowledge that but i i'm worried now about their final four run because i'm i'm high on creighton i think they could make the final four or even win the national championship if things break the right way but the ring scared me off a little bit so uh I don't know. I like the Blue Jays though, and I love Coach McDermott, and I love Baylor Shireman. So um, it's not enough to to completely turn me away, but it did turn me off a little bit. I was like, oh, I I don't like to see that. Please, that's why I didn't even mention it because I was like, I don't, I don't want this to be out there in case people didn't see this. I don't want it out there. But uh, shout out to them. No, you're uh, good. You're good. (laughs) No,
3: yeah, you got to keep the wolves hungry, right? You know, but it's like.
0: It is. I brought up the Kentucky thing because
3: it was like Moorhead State is where I graduated from. And if if they ever went to, you know, an elite eight, yeah, fuck yeah, I'd buy a T-shirt. You know, uh, it's, it's all about it's all about what you've been. I saw some people saying, you know, but I guess the thing is, you know, they're in the Big East now. I guess it's just sort of the people were sort of slapping them with the ruler doing the whole, you know, don't do the loser shit, act like you've been here. Well, they haven't been here. So they I haven't been that. there, but right. I also understand what you're saying. You know, it's like uh, the, the team's a little different, you know, Nimhard's not there, but they, they imported some more talent here. Um, I don't know. I I'm kind of, I'm kind of indifferent to it. Uh, But I, I would say I'd lean your way, Tate. You know, you got a little left to accomplish, you know, kaluma has gone too. Um, Maybe they could run it back and beat that personal best. Here's the thing though. If they come back, are they going to, I guess final four
0: rings are just kind of implied though. Right. I think, I think either way. Um, You're you're definitely getting a final four ring, but, but then if you have an elite eight ring and a final four ring, you're like, okay, I can sell this one. Like this is good. (laughs) This is going up on my NIL marketplace. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Sure, so there you sure. go. Shout, shout out to the Blue Jays. Um, I'm, I'm, we're gonna be pulling for them. We're gonna be talking about them as we did last year. So they got some OSPers. They got at least three OSPers Um, that'll be on the list when you talk about, you know, Alexander. You talk about Baylor Shireman and Cockbrenner. So, um, you know, you get the rule of three right there is good for the Creighton Blue Jays. Um, Kyle, quickly. I know you talked about this uh, on Bill Simmons' podcast, but Mac Jones. What what are your thoughts right now? I mean, are you over it? Do you want a new quarterback? Have you moved on? Are you well, grieving? What, we benched what, him twice. <laughs> it hasn't
2: gotten any better. So at this point, just let it, let the boy play, right? I mean, what the fuck? We let probably we won't we won't get uh, the first pick because that's just how it works. But you know, right. we might we might have the second worst uh, game in college or second first record in in, uh, in football. So I uh, I don't know. This is sad. I I said to to Sal in confidence right before the thing. Right before we started recording was like, I'm just, I'm not going to wear jerseys out in public anymore. That was really embarrassing today. And, uh, I was like, maybe I'll do like a hat or something. And, you know, my bartender, who usually wears a hat. He's now just wearing uh he's got a Patriots, um, what's it called? Like bottle pop. That's the only thing he has now. He's mm. not, he's not even going hats. So, um, uh, it's just about, you know, dressing down and we might just phase it out and I'll just, I'll just be sad on the inside dressed like a regular Joe on Sundays. But, uh, as, as for right now, I'm, I was really excited about wearing the jerseys and I'm not anymore.
0: It's really embarrassing. Well, I luckily just, for you, you had a Judon jersey, not a Mac Jones jersey. So at least you had some self-respect, uh, you know, which is good to see. But also, if you're listening right now, you can't see us, obviously. Kyle has an XFL shirt fuck on, it. which yeah, I, think yeah, it, because I think that kind of says, <laughs> st- says where he stands. I think he's over the NFL and he's moved on to a new league. So. Not only
3: has he dis- <laughs> disowned the Patriots, he's gone to a, a novelty football league. Yes, Right. How right. about that? Say that's to, to see you. See what he says about it. Yeah, it's interesting shop, to see you deal with rock. adversity, Kyle. You know, <laughs> I know I was talking about being spoiled. It's interesting that you're not even going to wear it out in public. You're taking this hard, man. Hang in there. It'll be okay. It's, embarrassing. it's all right. Because no, no, no,
2: you know what? People fucking hate Patriots fans. And I don't think there's mm-hmm. anything wrong with that. But it's just you you really got a target on your back. And outside of that, it's just embarrassing. It's embarrassing yeah. when it's, you know, we're 10 a.m. games. So if you're out and about at 10, you still got another, you know. I'm I'm always home by the last game just so I can, you know, make sure I'm fresh and ready to record after that. But, you know that's two 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 slots of games that you might be out in public for and if you got a you know patch jersey i was just wearing my white my stained white t-shirt under it cuz i didn't plan on taking it off but i was just out and about i was like i got to take this off probably after halftime i think i i i popped it off and you know i just had my <laughs> yellow stained white t-shirt and because that was better than wearing the uh we're in the Pats right. jersey for
0: the rest of the day. So. Right. Well, I uh, I feel bad for Pats fans right now. I actually do. I know that a lot of people are trying to stomp on their graves. But the good news, Kyle, is that there's going to be a lot less Pat fans out there uh, over the next sure. few months. They're going to be 49ers fans or Cowboys fans or whatever new team they want to bandwagon. So... That's actually the best part is when you lose the bandwagoners because then people don't hate your fan base as much. So in the end, it might be a good thing. You might yeah. sometimes you got to bottom out to get back to the top. So you got to prune, um, prune the branch it, a little bit. So it's it right. the bonsai. It'll be more
3: beautiful and pure. You know, Try, right? Thin, thin the herd. Get them out of here. And yeah. so, and you know, and a lot of
2: the guys on text that I'm on with, like they're like, <laughs> "Oh, just tank, just tank." I'm like, "Dude, it's it's week six I mean, Tate, you must know this. Like, I asked Troy, our our mutual friend and and one of my bartenders. Uh, I was just like, "Hey." You know, you're a Lions guy. We ever like week six, just like, oh, man, were you rooting for losses? I was like, fuck, no, I didn't do that shit. And I was like, yeah, you know, mm-hmm. I can't do that. Yeah, uh, but it's early. That's and that's because you're people pure, are,
0: you're 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 actually a fan of your team. The people that are like, let's tank, tank, tank. They're like want to be GMs, right? They, they want to like work in the front office. They're yes. business guys. You still got a lot of emailers, right? Tough yeah you're a fan did you ever do this with the Panthers we were just like yeah man I can't wait till we lose the next 10 games and then (laughs) I I don't even know what to say with the Panthers I feel like it's uh I saw this meme the other day where it was like so you know like in Scooby-Doo and they're like who's behind the mask you know and then they they did it to the Panthers (laughs) and they pulled the mask up and it was the Charlotte Bobcats that's what I feel like I'm watching I feel like I'm watching the Carolina Bobcats and they have no hope and uh everybody wants to blame Bryce Young I mean Kyle, what happens when you're at the bottom is there's a lot of finger pointing. That's what I can say. So get ready for that. (laughs) A lot of of people are going to be pointing fingers. And uh, Bill Belichick's coming up next on the board. They're going to start pointing to him pretty soon. Spotted looking pitiful in a Chick fil A yesterday after the game. That was terrible. (laughs) Yeah. Tough times, uh, but we'll be all right. We'll bounce back. Uh, this is, yeah, this is one shining podcast. Appreciate everyone listening. This was a fun show. Hopefully, I'll be healthier for the next show that we do later in the week. But again, we'll be back on Monday. We're gonna keep doing some of this fun preseason stuff, myself and Kyle Man, on these Manic Mondays. Thanks everybody for listening, and we'll see you on Thursday.